I've got a new audio hijack editing feature plugged in. Uh-oh. So if I push this button on my stream deck... New year, new you. <laughs> nobody heard anything, right? No. No. I didn't hear it either, but apparently into my audio track was recorded a clap. Is that good? So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so is that a good thing that you have a thing being recorded that you can't hear? I don't know if I'll use it or not, but it's just nice to know if somebody swears, I can go clap. And it will go into the audio. Will that help Martin or is Martin just freaking out? Wait, what? Well, I'm editing this one. So does that mean that I'm going to hear something when I hear your recording? You're going to hear claps? Only when I push the button. Like that. So press it now. (laughs) Okay. Did you do it then? Yep. We hear nothing. I know, but I see (laughs) the orange lines go into my audio. Oh, no. Oh, so this is like a marker? Yeah. Did you, hold on. Did you (laughs) record your own clap and then use that as the sound? (laughs) No, I downloaded it from somewhere. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was hoping you just threw like a blanket over yourself and you're trying to get like the perfect clap that you could use for your own sound effect. That would be Isn't it strange that he went and downloaded someone else's clap rather than doing his own? Feels a bit dirty. Whose clap is this? We don't know anything about this person. Can you choose customized claps? Like, "Mm, I want a slightly moist hand that's smaller (laughs) than usual. (laughs) I'm just enjoying the idea of Martin editing and just like, bloody Andrew and his claps. (laughs) Shit. Oh, sorry. Hang on. There we go. I can't wait until one of them makes it in that d- doesn't get edited out. Well, I want to extend a happy new year to both of you because this is the first time that we've actually recorded in the new year and I want to extend a happy new year to all listeners and sorry that 2022 will be starting off with some weird editing that may introduce claps (laughs) (laughs) one of my new year's resolutions was to make the editing task as difficult as possible for Martin solved mission successful Why is that? What, can, can we go into that just briefly? Why is that, Andrew? It's just an Australian screwing with another Australian, isn't it? Sounds like it. It's what we do. Oh, I see. West Coast versus East Coast. I'm trying to be friends here. I'm trying to avoid WA seceding or something, you know. He's trying to bring you guys together. See, we, we succeed when we secede. <laughs> see, that's just mean-spirited, Andrew. We're trying to be one federation here. <laughs> That's a bit, is that tautological? One federation? You federate to make one? Anyway, (laughs) dictionary corner another time. (laughs) So it's safe to say there's still turmoil between East and West in Australia. That's great. Apparently. Anyway, I'm pretty sure uh, getting straight into things, Jason, I can see in the show notes here, we have a new Patreon person. You're normally our Patreon announcer. So what do you want to say? Patreon announcement 2022 edition. Yes. Zach W has slid in to the new role of One Prime Plus extraordinaire. It's in the game. Yeah. So thank you, Zach W. Can I ask a question? Just a clarification. Yes. Is that Zach W or Zach UU? Uh, I believe it is Zach W-U. Okay. So two double V. <laughs> yeah. Like W-A, it's W-A. Yeah. So it's Zach We'll just call him Zach W.A. Why is W not double V? Why is it W? Mm. Well, could that have more to do with the typeface that's being used or perhaps the fact that it was named in a time where handwriting would have seen two curves? They actually would have looked like you. Would they, they have were... curved it? Okay. Okay. They, didn't, they weren't fans of the 
the acute angle. In lowercase, I do a little curve, and then in an uppercase, I do the point. Yeah, yeah of course, so. I have to think back to the era of pen. Yeah, remember when they didn't have computers back then? That's probably when that started. I think letters were created prior to computers, I believe. I love that we're dealing with the big issues right off the bat in 2022. <laughs> Why are letters called letters? Why is it H and not H? Oh, don't. Mm-mm. Yeah, I hate that. It's Mm-mm. H. No one. It's not Mm-mm. H, please. Mm-mm. Yeah, Zach. If you say H, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> We're not having you anymore. <laughs> we had Zach for like a day and now he's already gone. Sorry, Zach. Please, please don't leave. Anyway, thank you for joining us, Zach. Thank you, Zach. And for everyone else listening, if you're not in One Prime Plus, remember that we did reconfigure the prices last year to broaden access you know, make it easier, more affordable to sign up. And things like the newsletter, that'll be going out this month. The 10th of every month, newsletter action, sweet stickers, awesome Discord with really fun people. Get in there now. Make it your 2022, what are, what are those things that people do at the beginning? Resolutions. Yeah, the matrix resolutions, that's right. Your your 2022 matrix resolution should be one prime plus. Dot com. Hello, this is Martin from the future. Well, not technically the future now because you're listening to me downloaded on demand in your podcast player, but that's besides the point. Why am I here? I'm here to include another shout out. After our recorded conversation, Laker, a devoted Hemispherian and Discord participant, has joined One Prime Plus. We want to acknowledge Laker for joining the One Prime Plus clan. Thank you, and back to the show. I think this is pretty old news at this point, and I don't even know if this is on anyone's radar, really. And I'm not a spot. This is about Spotify, so disclaimer: I don't have Spotify, but it's it's related to it. So there was this. Um, I believe it started as a tweet from a deal. Is that how you say that? A deal? Is that is that what the kids? call this one i think it's adelaide adelaide okay love it anyway apparently spotify had a thing where you could shuffle albums which seems pretty i feel like that's been a thing in in computer music playback forever i had a six disc stacker that could do that pioneer system there you go so even as old as andrew this has been around but i guess she was like upset that this was a feature because according to her, like, and I think other artists as well, you know, they created this thing in this precise way and it should never ever be listened to, you know, in, in any other way than from beginning to end the way they laid it out. And apparent, I don't know if it was directly because of that or what, but then Spotify got rid of the feature because of this. Well, it moved it down a layer like Apple Music already had. Yeah, I think. I don't care about spotify or it just the whole thing felt like this is dumb like really why do you get to dictate how i listen to your music especially when things like music now are so song based anyway it's like on the radio they don't play your whole album end to end they play a song that's popular today and hopefully they'll play it next week too i don't know i just the whole thing felt like what what is happening here? And I, maybe I'm maybe I'm overthinking this. I have a philosophy. Well, maybe not a philosophy, but a thought. It depends on whether you t- consider an album to be like a novel or a series of short stories. Okay. 
So is an album a complete thing that you would read as a book from page one to page last? Or is it you know, an anthology of stories that you can just dip in, dip in on, read one, read the other one? Doesn't matter there. I guess she's taken the view that this is a, a complete piece of work that you should build a mood through an album from track one to track whatever, 10, and you need to listen to it in that order. So you shouldn't, shuff, by shuffling it, you're undermining the entire story. Okay. Martin? When I looked at some of the articles that had been put up about what Adele requested and what Spotify ended up doing, the way that I saw it reported in a number of articles was that Spotify removed the default option of shuffle, which leads you to think, oh, well, the default, um, the default option was shuffled order, which is not the case. It was just the button. And they didn't remove the button entirely. They just moved it down a level of the UI, kind of like what... Apple already has when you click that little hamburger list button, mm. right? That's my understanding. And if anyone out there is listening and wants to correct me, go for it. But that's what I found. So it's actually more of a design decision rather than removing the feature entirely. It's just somewhat hidden. And I agree with Andrew that if you want to listen to an album, it's probably best to listen to it in order because whether it was done with a flowing story as a concept album or a beginning, middle, end, or if it was just a bit of a mix anyway because... That's just the order they liked. I think it's good to start from beginning to end. And a, a good example, I think I'm quite a fan of the Muse album Drones. I don't know if you two have listened to that, but there's actually a flowing story through the songs where this person becomes kind of weaponized as part of this drone theme within Muse's war story. And then it has this big crescendo, almost like a big dystopian musical at the end that rounds out the story. So if you were to listen to that the first time out of order, it would make absolutely no sense and the actual concepts would be thrown out of whack. Following that, if you go, oh, I liked number three better than number one and you want to flip it around, that's cool. But I'm not super bothered by Spotify making a different design decision and if it makes people happy, then that's totally fine. I think what I find funny in terms of Adele's request, though, is that we talk about listening to an album in order, and I feel like I'm going to contradict myself now, we talk about listening to an album in order as if it's the natural state of affairs, as if albums have always existed, when really it's just a capitalist invention because that's how music used to be marketed and it's kind of holding on in this shuffle era. So if Adele puts effort into making a story and she wants you to listen to it in order, fair enough, we should try listening to that story. But I don't think we should pretend that the medium was always this way and that it should stay that way and static for the rest of eternity if there's a better or a different way to do it or we have a technological affordance that means it can be enjoyed differently. So I think everyone's kind of right, but we shouldn't be slamming people if they want to listen to something differently. Not so much a New Year's resolution, but just because I have some more time at the moment being on holiday, I wanted to engage in a digital cleanup. And I'm not just talking about files clogging up my computer or folders that are messy. I actually mean physical media and drives that have digital crap everywhere. I mean, we're obviously kind of different ages. When I was uh, a kid in the noughties, I'll put it that way. <laughs> Okay. Like I was, I was into computers, but obviously storage was much more expensive and you had much less space. So I was sharing a family computer. I eventually got my own laptop, but because I was into making movies and taking lots of photos, I was kind of the family photographer or historian. I quickly hit the limits of my digital media constantly. 
and was forced to, within bounds and trying to do time machine backups and keep copies of things, having to offload to drives to the point that I started to think that I'd lost things recently. And so I've been doing this huge cleanup and trying to consolidate all of this stuff from all of these different drives. And in the process, I've been relieved time and time again to find that I never actually lost things. So it's (laughs) been like the most wonderful start to the new year going, oh my goodness, I didn't lose photos from this trip. Oh my goodness, I didn't lose this home video. This is fantastic. Just put in the newer Mac (laughs) Mini and back up this stuff. So that's been a great start for me. And it's now actually making... Uh, a bit of space so I can recycle these drives. Have either of you two ever engaged in that kind of digital cleanup or do you have problems to deal with? Maybe starting with you, Andrew. Well, Mark, I, I like the fact that you refer back to being in the noughties when hard drives were expensive. I can. Still, I know it was worse before. <laughs> I can still remember being a youngster with my Amiga 500 and lusting after, some people might re- get this reference, the GVP 52 megabyte hard drive. Wow. And it was... And mate, it's slotted into the side, 52 megabytes. I think it was actually like 50, but the 52 was kind of like the the formatting headspace or it was the, ba- or it was the 1024 base, base 8, base 10 count. I don't know. It cost about a thousand bucks, mate. Mm. 50 megabytes. Wow. It was incredible. The basic Amiga Commodore one didn't fit neatly with the profile of the Amiga 500 and it was only a 40 megabyte hard drive. Okay. The GVP was svelte. And had an extra 10 megabytes. So look, I know the pain of storage and trying to figure it all out. Moving to the uh, more current time, I actually find myself... I don't have lots of hard drives stacked around anymore. I have one Thunder Bay drive array, but even that is not heavily used. It has photo backup. It has some media files. I don't actually create a lot of digital content anymore. Okay. And I look around, I'm like, I don't have much stuff. And everything I have is usually on some syncing platform somewhere anyway. So it kind of ends up being everywhere. So it's almost a problem that I don't have anymore. Is that because you dealt with it already or you were never creating a lot of stuff in the first place? Oh, I, I think I'm naturally a neat kind of person. So I, I love the delete button. I'll delete things. Right. You know, I don't keep everything I ever produced, which maybe a blessing or a curse, depending on how you look at it. So I don't have a huge backlog of stuff from my past. Maybe it's just different different habits or something because I have all of this stuff from, as I said, when I was a teenager and I was kind of the unofficial amateur videographer for Jody's soccer team for years. And I used to do endless disc image burning for every kid on the team and kept things in the fear that someone would say, oh, little Johnny didn't get something. So would you keep the source files or would you just keep the, the end product? I kept everything. Yeah, I would delete everything except the end product. Mm. I'd be like, right, well, I've mastered it. I'm never going to go back to that source material again. Delete. Jason's got like terabytes and terabytes of storage in his house, I think. Yeah, he was nodding big time. I like keeping everything. I, <laughs> I, I have major regrets from, from my early, early first computer days of projects that I would do, little like stop motion movies and stuff. And because storage was just, it was very finite, you know, it was, it was either on the hard drive, which was maybe, I don't know, back then it would have been maybe hundreds of megabytes, I guess, for a large one. Other than that, it was, you know, your floppies that held a megabyte. And for whatever reason, that stuff is lost to time, which I think about all the time, how much I would love to have 
all of those little stop motion movies and just dumb crap that really has no effect on anyone, but it just would be so fun to go back and see those. Like I'm sure the images were probably like 320 by 240 <laughs> from just this, you know, really crappy first generation webcam. But I, a lot of that stuff I don't have anymore. And then I lost a ton of stuff on my original blog because of that. I think that was from like 90. I don't even remember the dates now. It's on my blog now. It says with a little sad face with a tear. <laughs> um, <laughs> but after that, it was pretty much like, I am never going to lose anything again, no matter what. I don't care what it takes. I will not lose stuff anymore. So now for a while, I went through having, you know, bunches of bigger and bigger, progressively larger hard drives. Um, now I just have a giant array. I think it's 26 terabytes or something like that. Jeez. Which is insane to even think about now, thinking back to those one megabyte uh, floppy disks. But I think it's 26 terabytes, and it's probably half full, roughly. Wow. So almost almost a terabyte of photos is on there and, and videos, too. And then that's all backed up to, like, Backblaze as well. So they love that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I keep everything. Raw materials, every single iteration. You know, there'll be – if it's a thing I'm working on, it'll be V1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, all of them. Wow. Just mm-hmm. in case. Way more than what I'm dealing with. <laughs> yeah, I just – you know, I, most of it – if this if this 24 terabytes, you know, poofed into the ether, would it be the end of the world? Not really, but just knowing that I have it, I think it's it's like a comfort thing at this point, knowing that I just don't want to ever be in that position where, shoot, where is that thing that I, I completely promised the world I would never need again, and here I am wishing I had it. So I keep everything. Do you have stuff stored on DVDs still at all or like data? I do have those things floating yeah. around and often photos from relatives. So things that were given to me that I never got around to doing because it was tedious. Those are the worst. Some of those early like CDRs that were real dodgy because yeah. they were expensive. So we bought the, you know, the hundred spindle for <laughs> super cheap. Oh. And now you pull them out of the drawer and it's just flaking <laughs> off. And you're just like, oh no. Yeah, it's bad. It's an archaeological kind of nightmare and delight at the same time to discover Mm -hmm. these things. For a while, I would do spindle backups and you'd have like little post-it notes stuck out the side of it to be like, I got up to that disc. I can go from this disc forward now. It's just ridiculous kind of management of That's fine to tagging pre-Mavericks. You were just post-it noting (laughs) everything. post-it note. Media Corner. It's time for Media Corner. We've just heard the fantastic theme. We did. By Mr. Alex Canyon. Followed by a hand clap, hopefully. Yep. Done. There's a clap there. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Editor got, says thanks. I bought this stream deck. I'm determined to use it. <laughs> Have they made a new one of those, by the way, yet? I don't think so. Or is it still the same I think one? It's the same one. Oh, okay. I hardly use mine. I forget that I have it. it just sits in, It's a bit like a touch bar just sits here and i forget that i have it i'm interested in one when they actually whenever they rev it yeah because i don't like the current one i don't like the way the buttons feel bit squishy yeah feels like an atm that too many people have used over too many years so is that media corner 
<laughs> yeah, it is. Actually, for any new listeners, for any new listeners in 2022, Media Corner is our segment where we make recommendations of different things we've been watching, reading, playing, anything that is technically a medium. So it can be very broad. There's just about everything. And we also keep a craft note, actually, if you haven't seen it before. We link it in yes. the show notes. It's linked on the website so you can see all previous recommendations and jump in. Gets to a philosophical question. Media. What is media? Do you want to open that up with me? Really? <laughs> no, yeah, don't. That would be a disaster. It's an album that you listen to from beginning to end without stopping. <laughs> Can you imagine Martin just being asked to, Martin, please tell us what media is. Don't. I can actually tell you very quickly what it is. Later. Strict time budget. Strict time budget. <laughs> okay, here we go. I'll just tell you what it is. Oh, no. I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's very, it's very quick. Within the field of media ecology that forms my own studies and research, a medium or media is actually synonymous with technology. So basically anything in the world that is a human-made tool from a television show through to an Apple Watch through to a table, even light, they're all media because they extend or amputate, as Mr. Marshall McLuhan said, anything <laughs> that is a human capability. And there you go. So why do we have Media Corner se- segment? Our whole show is just Media Corner. Because it's part of the branding. Because we have assumed in the naming oh, of the okay. segment that we're talking about news or entertainment media specifically. But that would be too cumbersome to say. We need a jingle. Also branding. <laughs> yeah, branding. News and entertainment, Media Corner. So now that we've had Academic Corner within Media Corner, Jason, <laughs> do you want to kick us off? This is just Corner now. Oh, I would love to. I've got one today. And since we were talking about music, I'm going to go with the music route. And it's not going to be an album from beginning to end. So, oh, no. boom. This is a little bit nostalgic for me. And then I was doing a little bit of research. So, I don't know. I, well, I know Martin thoroughly researches any music that he ever hears. So, he knows like every where they were born, what they eat for breakfast, all that stuff. I generally know nothing about any music that I listen to other than just hearing the music, right? So it's like, I wonder what's the what's the story here? So my pick for the first media corner pick of 2020 V3 <laughs> is Knife Party. Wow, oh. really? Either of you have heard of this? Jeez, no. I'm not. Yes, I'm aware of Knife Party. Yeah, you are. I had to listen to it many times while my friends were drunk around me and I drank tea. <laughs> I love Knife Party. Knife Party comes from actually Pendulum, which is actually where I knew them from previously. Uh. So they were Pendulum and then they did like this offshoot thing, Knife Party. Where are they from? Good old Australia. Where? W.A. Perth. How do I? I probably know these guys. <laughs> They're probably your best friends. And I'm, ash- I'm so mad you've not introduced me. So this just came up on the iPod. On the iPod? No. <laughs> that's my, that's the, my line. On the, <laughs> on the HomePod, the other pod that's in our house. Uh, it just was one of those where I was playing for my library randomly and it came on. I was like, God, it just I just love everything they do. Wow. So I wanted to put it in as a pick because I'm not sure anybody's really heard them or heard of them. And then as I was doing this research and I was like, wait, Perth, really? Come on. Like, what are the odds of that? So there you go. Pendulum is great. Knife Party is awesome. They're very different. So if you're not into Knife Party, go check out Pendulum because it's much more, I guess, sane would be a way to say it. But Knife Party is very, they're just like, they go hard. They are, 
they're just great. Please go listen to them. Check out some of their stuff. Uh, and if nothing else, they're from Perth, so you know they're you know their personalities, obviously. Yeah. And to tack on a little recommendation that isn't mine, but links to yours, yep. Jason. If uh-huh. we're talking about the same pendulum, they also did a fantastic and very popular remix of the ABC News theme from Australia. Oh, I, know, I think I've heard that. Did they really? Yeah, we'll have to link that in the show notes. That really did well in the clubs. You know, people were dancing to classic newsreader theme so check that out there's a knife party song that even has a reference to crocodile dundee so there you go wow that's not a knife party this is a knife party (laughs) yeah (laughs) we saw them live at we went to a new year's thing a couple years ago a knife party thing uh what do you call those concerts i guess oh yeah and oh god they just they smash so hard it's they're just great and it was around, I think it was around 2017, maybe 2018. I don't know. I can't remember now, but I'll put a picture in the show notes. They're, they're great. So that is my pick for 2022 Knife Party. Fantastic. I like it. Well, I don't know if I like it. I'll give it a listen. I'll tell you if I like <laughs> I'm gonna, it. I'm going to just go ahead and tell you right now, um, Andrew, you don't like Knife Party. Okay. I can tell you that right now. Okay. You might be okay with Pendulum kind of as a as a chill relaxing kind of background music in the house okay. while you're like you know doing chores or something okay. but i can already guarantee you don't like knife party okay. and we know martin doesn't either so All right put that out of the way there you go well we'll have some follow-up in the future andrew if you like them or not who's next i don't know yeah i'll, I'll go next on this andrew do you have a burning desire to be second no i've got a burning desire to be third mm, he wants to, he wants to be the closer <laughs> Great. So, Natasha and I watched a movie the other night on SBS World Movies, but I'm sure you can get this in other places if you're not from Australia. We Mm. thought it looked interesting. The English title for this Icelandic movie is less appealing to me than the original title. Martin like statement. (laughs) (laughs) The English title for this Icelandic film is yes. So Mm -hmm. it's a movie called Virgin Mountain, but the original title is fussy which is f u with a little acute and s i so hand clap hand clap <laughs> yes yeah. definitely don't say don't say fussy too many times without okay hand clap that now did i say something rude without knowing it no uh you'll figure it out later <laughs> oh damn it okay well it's just the name of the guy who's the protagonist in the film i'm sorry <laughs> anyway <laughs> the guy's name is fussy yes it's an icelandic name okay 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 go ahead <laughs> at least nordic anyway so You can kind of consider this as a very heartwarming, but also very soul-crushing Icelandic equivalent to the 40-year-old virgin. Wow. Okay. (laughs) What the hell just happened right now? (laughs) That is not anywhere near where I thought you were going. Okay. Hence the name Virgin Mountain. Sure. But what I want to make clear here is that if you enjoyed the 40-year-old virgin, which is a comedy with Steve Carell, uh, for those who- haven't seen it or don't know it's from what 2004 i think anyway that's a very over the top kind of silly very funny movie this is actually i would say quite realistic it looks at a lot of uh, issues like and i'm sorry if this sets anyone off or triggers anyone in the audience but it deals with a lot of things like depression and loneliness and a lot of heavy family themes and it really follows this guy who i would say is probably the nicest character i've seen in the history of cinema at least all the movies i've ever seen and it kind of shows how people who are ridiculed by society are completely overlooked or not really understood. This guy 
means well, great intentions. He's just incredibly reserved. And you kind of see how, despite being downtrodden repeatedly, he's actually the nicest guy and goes above and beyond to do things for other people, even people he's only just met. So if you're after something that's funny, endearing, but also quite sad, it's only like an hour and a half long. Uh, It has these wonderful moments of awkwardness and silence in it. Um, I'd highly recommend Virgin Mountain or the title in Icelandic that I'm apparently not supposed to be saying. Okay. Does it have the soundtrack by Sigur Rós? I didn't hear them in it, which is interesting, actually, because normally they're shoehorned in just about everything. But you could play them in the background if you wanted. I could just recommend some tracks. Get the right ambience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you noticed we, me and Jason, always seem to derail your media corner picks? Yeah. I haven't noticed that. Okay. Um, and also, have you- <laughs> that's okay. I don't. I don't hold it against you. I just edit out boring bits from you afterwards. <laughs> I notice. <laughs> Before, uh- <laughs> no wonder I'm never on the damn show. It's a, it's a two man. Actually, podcast. if you look at the timeline, I'm always. If, if you look at the timeline, though, I, I always have like the fewest actual bars of spoken dialogue. <laughs> I do notice that, and I feel guilty about I it. I take sometimes. no credit for that. I'm not editing ever, so that's on you. I don't bring that up as a complaint. I just, I just before anyone thinks that I'm editing both of you out, uh, excuse me. <laughs> Look, Martin, if you just say something interesting from time to time, we might include you. <laughs> He's gone. Wow, we got one show into the year and that was All it. Right, I, th- I made a joke last show that it was the last show ever, but I think it's actually this one. <laughs> I, I just thought I'd move away from the microphone to give you some more airtime. <laughs> That. Okay, I've got a media oh. corner. Okay, I've got a. Oh right. I have a statement and then a, and then a selection. Okay, statement. I finished a book and realised that I had to log the fact that I finished the book on about twelve different book reading sites, <laughs> and it made mm. me angry. So if so somebody- now this is the most Andrew thing I've heard in the history of the podcast. <laughs> That's part of the the the, the state protocol of, of WA is that upon reading a book, you must log it in 12 different library locations. Or- I'm serious. It took me longer to log the book than to have to, to, to read it. I, I had Man, to go to... Who's forcing you to do that? That's terrible of them. No, but just think about it. There's, there's Goodreads. There's micro.blog, mm. epilogue thing. Mm. There's literal. Mm-hmm. There's... Okay. Um, the story graph. Never heard of it. I think there might be another one. Probably. And I don't know which one is the good one, right? So I'm just using doing it everywhere. It's ridiculous. I need a solution. Can I propose a solution? Sure. Uh, read the book and then uh, be done. Well, I would do that normally. Now, this thing's another thing. I've got an, another <laughs> <laughs> digression. I've read a book. Okay. Go I ahead. read a book about I'm here to help. six or seven years ago, and I cannot place what it was. I asked my mother. Clifford in- the Big Red Dog. I asked my mother-in-law who bought me the book what the book what it was. She doesn't even remember giving it to me, and I can't find any trace of it anywhere. I've done random Googles. I can't find it. It's annoying the crappers out of me. It's a book, sort of a somewhat fantasy, but like real world, but with some fantasy elements. A woman, she's in a difficult sort of situation. And she has this dream of going to the islands of Dalmatia. She meets somebody and has conversations around a fountain in the town square. If anybody can please tell me what that book was, I'd really appreciate it. (laughs) Okay, my media corner pick. It's a board game. It's called King of Tokyo. Yes. I have been playing it. Well, we've had it for a long time. Benji yesterday said, can we play that game with the dinosaurs in it and the monsters I'm like, what are you talking about and then we, we finally that one that one he found it he pointed it out in the cupboard 
And he remembered it from the one time we tried to play it about six months ago. Amazing memory for a six-year-old. He is now obsessed with King of Tokyo, which means I've had to become obsessed with King of Tokyo over the last 24 to 36 hours. <laughs> it is a fun game. We had to play it this morning before this very podcast. I think he's probably playing it now outside. He's been watching YouTube videos of other people playing King of Tokyo. Wow. Now, the one thing I'm worried about is the game says it's recommended for ages 8 plus. So he is breaking the law, but he's grasped it pretty well. I've gotten the hang of it. I really enjoy it. King of Tokyo board game. The good thing is one of my sort of like New Year's, one of the things I wanted to do this year was play more active games like that, physical games. And so this, the fact that he pointed this out to play it has been perfect. So I want, I'm enjoying this one and I want to find more games like it. Boy, do I have the game for you. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I was, I was going to sh- uh, shamelessly self-promote. Oh, you're, yes, yeah, coffee pot games. Two things. So last episode, you entered your older child into the life of crime by signing them up for a Windows account that they were not old enough for. Yes. <laughs> now you've entered your younger child into a life of crime by playing this board game out of the age range. Gotta say, you're really you're really leading them down a path here. <laughs> Look. The next step is just buying drugs off the street. When, when you become it, a it parent, feels like they it. don't give you a guidebook. They give you a purple book from the, from the Department of Health <laughs> reminding you how to Money to give them vaccinations and stuff, but there's no parenting advice in there. The other day we went to a place that has a whole bunch of old video games. I was just curious to know, I was looking at it and thinking, do you guys, were you guys ever into the coin ops? And do you still go now? Do you still play them? Um, this place is kind of fun. It, has, it serves the most delicious pizza. I, should, I can, I can, Palace Arcade. Oh yeah. Sponsored by Palace Arcade. Okay. Really good. Um, good food. Uh, they give everything is simplified now. You don't actually have coins. You just have the swipe card. But it's not like yep. mm. because it's not like the the modern. You know how the, if you go to an actual commercial games place these days, they're all the ticket ticket like time games. Zone. Yeah, it's like win a pri- win those tickets, get prizes. Yes, some junk. This is this is more pure. This is just we've got old coin up games from the eighties or nineties or whenever they are, and you play them, and that's it. Well, my answer is going to be quick because I know that Jason has more fun things to say. Yep. Um, I'm not really into these places. I'm not against them, but I didn't really grow up with them. Uh, Natasha's big on time zones. So uh, in inverted commas, the junk that you were just talking about, uh, she'll have something to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> she loves it. There goes another listener. Yep. There you go. Uh, there's another place in Wollongong called Be Lucky and Sons, which is another ticket riff on that whole thing but it's not really my thing jason your fun answer there is a great place in the u.s called round one their symbol is like a bowling pin so they have like bowling Mm. alleys but they have massive amounts of arcade games same thing slide the card kind of deal yep they Mm -hmm. are the best most fun arcades we had one where we used to live when we were in california pretty close to us that we'd go to pretty regularly so much fun we haven't been to one in many years, obviously, now, given the times. But once, uh, should we ever get out of any of this, we will definitely be going back to a round one. And I remember when I was a pre-teen slash teenager, maybe, yeah, probably 15-ish, something like that, there was a place called the Nickel Arcade, which was same thing where we actually used coins, but everything was nickels. What's a nickel? That's 10 cents? 
five, five cents. Six. Okay. Yeah. So you everything was one nickel in the beginning, and then they were like, "Wait a minute, we could keep it the nickel arcade, but each machine could take multiple nickels <laughs> per game." And it was like, "Oh, damn it!" So you'd show up with pockets full of nickels as a kid after school and just blow them all playing old slash new arcade games. And it's just so much fun to just go with three or four friends and blow through the new arcades though. Like the round one where you can get, you know, adult beverages and so, and food and stuff is like, that's pretty. Yeah. This is what this was. It's like, you can have a beer. Yeah. Yeah. Beer, pizza, food. I just want to say real credit to myself. We went and I didn't play a single game of NBA jam. What? Usually, I know that's usually where all my money goes, but I think because Benji was obsessed, we basically gave all our credits to Benji and he was- How are you going to be on fire I if know. you're not playing NBA Jam? He's heating up. Is it the shoes? <sighs> I'm disappointed. I know. I know. Anyway, he played, he was okay. obsessed with the Simpsons game, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Oh, and the one with the three screens? Uh, no, just the a- Teenage Mutant? No, it's just a single, single screen. screen one. And you just, it's okay. just a side scroller. And you're, yeah. you're each got attack attacking. I'm sorry. I misspoke. That was X-Men. That was three screens. Oh, okay. Please don't, have had that please one don't correct we me. We didn't get to that one though. Um, and Daytona was the other big hit of the day. Oh, yes. Why is the ah. steering always so bad on those things? <laughs> oh, because <laughs> a bunch of five-year-old kids are just racking them. Whenever I did play something like that, I just thought, why is this so deliberately rubbish? I always want to know why the seats never go back far enough. Oh, because they're meant for uh, seven-year-olds, yeah, okay. not for you. <laughs> yeah. The Mario Kart one is great. I love that one. Where you're actually in a little car and you're driving <laughs> around. It's fantastic. Yeah, that's a bit different, I think. That's a bit more fun and destructive. There you go. So there you go. So let us know what your favorite coin-op arcade game is. I also like pinball games as well. Pinball games count. Yeah. Let us know what you like. Because I also want some suggestions. Oh, these things must be harder to come by, but they need new content. You know, that's the only problem with these places is they don't have new games to, to roll in. You know, they're just dealing with what's available on the secondhand market or wherever they get them from. With the exception of one thing, which I think is garbage, where they just take basically iPhone games and make them oh, on giant that, screens. No, no, like, that's, that's just rubbish. Don't do no. that. Just, just stop. They've done that with Angry Birds. I think I've seen that. Angry Birds, Fruit Ninja, the list yeah. goes on. I don't mind. I wouldn't mind a new, a new game, but it has to be built f- as a coin-op game. Can I throw out a question? Yep. You get one arcade cabinet, the full thing, in your home. Oh, I'd love it. What do you pick? NBA Jam. Can I opt out and say nothing? <laughs> sure. It's NBA Jam. No, okay. I'll think. I'll try to actually think of an it's answer. The pure the, the origi- NBA Jam. The original NBA Jam. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Martin has got nothing. He's like. Uh, okay, I'm thinking we'll give, about how much it would annoy me to take up space, and I'd have to we'll dust give, it. We'll give Martin the Daytona <laughs> system with the steering wheel that's real bad. Yeah. Actually, no, that'd be good, and then I could actually try to master it and then stop complaining about it. So I'll take there that. That's probably the biggest one. <laughs> we'll only give him one seat as well, so the whole joy of the game is lost on him. <laughs> like, no, yeah, you can't, he play can't even play else. multiplayer. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Thank you. He does like that. driving it. You're a rally. What about you're a rally guy? You like the rally ones? What's the rally? Yeah, but I don't like I don't like racing games that aren't built as realistic simulators. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I get you. I, and look, and no, yeah. most people listening now probably hate me, but I'm actually not a fan of things like Mario Kart. I find it annoying that Ooh, I skid out of control after driving well because someone lobbed a banana at me. <laughs> I really don't like that. 
Yeah, I would blue shell the hell out of you every yeah, time. Yeah, and I just go, sure. thanks. I was trying to drive well, and you've ruined it. Thanks. <laughs> you can always, there's always a chance you get the bullet. True. But I, I, no, I want to drive. I don't want to think about, oh, this person's in third, and I want to overtake them by putting oil slick everywhere. Or so, I just, I just want to drive. <laughs> oh, <that laughs> show title. I just want to drive. I just want to drive. <laughs> just let me drive. Uh, mine would be golden tea. What's that? The golf game where oh. you have the little the ball where you you do the ball to like make the to do the swing. You have to like go back for the backswing and then go forward, or you could like spin it. Oh, that's not so one. Good. That's not one where you stand in it and actually do, swing a golf. No, no, it's just a regular arcade cabinet mm. with a big. The only control is just one big ball that you <laughs> use as your swing. It's great. I don't think I've ever seen Golden that. Golden tea. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous. Uh, I don't think I've heard of it. No. I guarantee, Andrew, I give you like a beer and a half. You would be, you would never want to leave. <laughs> You'd be there all night. That's Arcade Corner. Perfect. Do you think people like that there are corners that only happen once? Well, they're nooks. <laughs> We've been through this. And talking about corners, the best place or the best corner for people to chat, if you're not already part of it, is the official Hemispheric Views Discord. That's the yes. best corner to discuss all corners. And there's actually an official media corner chat in that overall corner. So check it out if you aren't already there. Recently, uh, we had, uh, it wasn't quite breakfast, it was more of a brunch, but it was very breakfasty at uh, Natasha's grandparents' place. And what really stood out to me as usual, but even more so than usual, was that the food that was served, there were breakfast items, right? There was kind of the bacon and egg thing, there was toast and so on. But there were also other things, and I think I messaged you both about this on the day, on New Year's Day. Cornflakes? Well, I'm talking about, there were things like chicken souvlaki, like a lunch or dinner item for breakfast, and then shapes chicken crimpies as snack food, right? So, we're talking about- Yeah, shapes. So- The best best shape is a chicken crimpy. I think that was voted the best, at least in the last year, alongside barbecue and pizza. Which I have not had yet, still very upset. And they are, in fact, crimped. I I want to do a comparison of- the crimpy, the the chicken crimpies and the chicken in a basket. Oh, it's not a contest. Crimpies. I want to do a, a contest, but. Well, you can still compare. You can have a look. But what I thought about in the process of this was, why do we hold on to such traditions or norms about which food you should eat at which time of the day? Right? Because I know sometimes I think, oh, it's nighttime. I have a craving for some cereal. I'm going to have some cereal. Other yeah. times it's, you know, it's breakfast time. I might have a pickle with my Vegemite. And people probably think, why the hell would you have a pickle at this time or with Vegemite? So, is it so strange that we introduce things that are from other meal times into a different meal time? What do you two both do? Do you have odd habits where you eat the wrong thing at the wrong time? I don't, I feel like this is a country specific thing. And I feel like the U.S. is probably one of the worst offenders of the very deliberate, these are breakfast, lunch, and dinner foods. You know, if I, if I think about traveling to various other countries, it seems like those barriers break down a lot more. Thinking the first thing that comes to my mind is going to Japan. Anytime I go there, I can eat the same food for all three meals mm. every day. And it's fine. There's no issue with that. If I want to have sushi at 6 a.m., do it. Doesn't matter. Like it's it. Whatever. Do what you're going to do. Even if you look at something where you go, you know, various hotels will be more or less Americanized. I guess I would say, depending on where you're going. But even if you look at something that's like your kind of 
spread of breakfast items, have a piece of fish for breakfast. Do whatever you want. Like, it doesn't matter. I find the whole delineation of breakfast, lunch, and dinner to be pretty dumb, actually. (laughs) It should just be kind of, it's eat food. The time of day doesn't matter. (laughs) It's just eat food. I don't understand why it has to be, you can only have pancakes for breakfast. Oh, sorry, breakfast hours are over. Now it's lunchtime. It's like, make a damn pancake for lunch. Why does it matter? For example, bacon and egg rolls, okay? You would have that at breakfast time. But bacon on a hamburger, people think, okay, well, that's a lunch or a takeaway dinner food. You wouldn't have a hamburger for breakfast. Mm. So I I think it's ridiculous too. Who who decided that bacon at some time is good on something and not on another? I think the only issue is the time of day will dictate the type of food only in such a way that the very first meal of the day, you probably don't want to eat like a half of a lasagna because you're probably going to be pretty sleepy for the rest of the day. That sounds pretty right? good, actually. So, I mean, it, I would do it, but it would be yeah. probably a pretty big mistake given that the rest of your day is pretty ruined because now you've just eaten a bunch of like heavy food. So, I understand that portion, mm. but still, there's there's light, medium, and heavy foods mm. that can be divvied up throughout the day. So, you would agree that that time that I had KFC leftovers for breakfast was a mistake? It depends on what what the day was. What did you have for the rest of the day? What was going on? Did you have anything? Oh, I think out of pure guilt, it was just healthy. But not only was it the wrong time of day, at least in this case, but it lost whatever crispiness that it did have. KFC does not have that crispiness anymore. Oh, you don't want it. Yeah, you don't want it. So, it was a breakfast sog fest. That's Mm -hmm. what it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's just an implementation issue, though. That has nothing to do with, with a breakfast, lunch, or dinner. It should just be called food one, food two, food three, done. And then decimal points for each intervening meal or snack thing. Yeah, like so breakfast one point one. You're like, I'm still hungry. I'm gonna have a snack one point one. Snack one. Okay, good. Let's just get rid of the words altogether. No, it's a one, a two, or a three. Intermittent snacks are like a one point one and one point two. So I, that kind I like of thing. this, but I've been ruined because we have kids now, and so. I feel like we've got to educate. Yeah, I feel like we sort of have this responsibility. To- Maybe that's the time. Convert them. Convert them now. Maybe you're right. But I remember seeing on breakfast television a few years ago, there was there was this guy who was trying to challenge exactly what you're talking about and saying, hey, ice cream earlier in the day is technically better for you because you can burn it off and you're not having it late at night when you're going to be yeah. sedentary. So I- I'm not saying that's necessarily what people should no, do. No, you're actually making me rethink. You're re- making me rethink my entire life at this point. There you go. Ice cream should be more of like a 1.2 or 1.3 versus like a 3.5. Yeah. Yeah. I have felt less guilty having a dessert pancake with ice cream for breakfast because I know that for the rest of the day, I'm going to be doing fitness or up and moving. I'm not going to be going, well, it's 8.30 p.m. dessert time. Oh, let me just sink into the lounge cushions and gag for the rest of the evening. I think we just solved like a really big world issue right now. I'm actually really taken by this idea. Cooking big dinners every night is such a it's a it's it's not what you want to be doing at that time of day i'm much more open to cooking something interesting in the middle of the day i think i'm moving to the decimal system from now on moving to the food decimal system i also want pancakes now yeah i could i could i could eat some pancakes now for sure perfect maple syrup where do you stand with fruit on pancakes depends on the fruit so waffle i think is more accommodating to fruit i feel than a pancake, just because it's got those little holes that you can kind of put fruit in. And you, you in America, you would use the spray-on cream, right? 
spray out. Isn't that what you do in America? You know, the tin. Give me the whipped cream the, can. The whipped cream, the can and the tin. And you go. Oh, fuck. Oh, gross. No. But you're I'll American. Put that on my pancakes. J- Jody no. loves eating that straight out of the spray bit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. Don't put that on my pan- on my waffles. Just shame no. Jody there. No, 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 no. I'm not IHOP. <laughs> Give me a break. I, I, I do agree with um, Jason's waffle approach, particularly for blueberries. You can actually give each blueberry a little house, you know, so they don't fly across the plate. <laughs> can I tell you what I do is I take two waffles and I cut one diagonally and then I put it on like a roof on the other one that's a square. So you have uh, a little house made of waffles mm. and then you make the windows and the doors out of blueberries. <laughs> Real quick, though, I just realized another problem we solved with the decimal food system. Yeah. Oh, go on. Because it doesn't matter what happens at each point, we've solved for food time zones. Because now it doesn't matter. Ah. My 1.1 is the same as your 1.1. It's all the same. So we could have a shared We don't meal. have to think like, my dinner is during your breakfast. No, we can all eat a meal together because we're all whatever time of day it is. It's like, hey, it's 3.1. You guys want to grab a bite? Let's do it. I like that. There's a lot of problems in the world, and that was one of them that just got solved. And we could all go to a restaurant, pop open a FaceTime group chat, and all be eating our 3.1 separately but together. I think we need to get this straight because a catchy name is what's needed to make this go international. And I'm going to propose that we call this the Decimeal system. Oh, my God. It's done. It's already done. Get that domain. Shut it down. I'm getting the domain right now. (laughs) He's going to pork bun. Going to porkbun.com. I mean, pork bun, that's a 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. That, eat a pork bun any time of day. Pork bun is like the best. They hit all the right <laughs> buttons for me. And they're right down the street. You think I could go register a domain in person? Knock on the front door. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi, I'd like to register decimeal.com, please. All right, let's see. Is there like a dot meal? Because that would be really <laughs> handy. With the, with the decimal point in it. Yes. That's what I'm thinking. That would be, oh, decimeal.com. Um, add to cart. <laughs> You're actually getting it. <laughs> <laughs>